it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Empire. Welcome to the first off-season edition of All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. Today we'll be talking about what we learned on, on X Day a little over a week ago about Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, uh, Carl Hagelin even. Uh, look ahead to, to some of the other stuff in, in the playoffs. But Carl, let's let's start with, with, with Nick and, and, and kind of where we think this is going with the, his hip. And clearly he wasn't the same during the season. And the biggest question moving forward, I think, for this team is, is what – what is Nick Backstrom's involvement, right? Yeah, exactly. So you were there. So you would have kind of got a better vibe or sense. I didn't get a good vibe. You didn't know. Yes. It's, it's, it's pretty unfortunate. And um, yeah, he, you know, Nick kind of keeps his cards pretty close to the chest too. So it's hard to tell exactly from him. I think listening to, listening to Mac speak um, maybe gives you even a little bit more indication than, than it does (laughs) talking to Nick, you know, Um, but it's, I, I just, I remember just from when he was getting his first hip surgery done and, you know, how intense that process was and how much it kind of knocked him down. And then, um, hearing how hard he worked last summer and having to miss out on, you know, his, his gift from the team for his thousandth game, um, because he wanted to make sure he was, he was good enough for, to play. And it's just like, he's working so hard to get this thing back and, it's like hips and groin, the, these injuries, some guys will spend a year just trying to recover from it. And it, it's never the same. And other guys, you know, are just like, it, they kind of call it quits a little bit sooner. And you know, I'm not saying that that's where he's at, but like, this is, this is taxing physically and mentally sure. to try and get through. And he's already done, he's already done two surgeries, right? Like how many more, how many more do you do um, until you finally realize it's just, you know, it's a never ending battle. Uh, so I, I don't know where he's at. I'm really hoping that some, some specialist, some doctor is going to be able to give him clarity on the situation and uh, at least a, a relatively accurate timeline and, and expectations, because as a player, that's pretty much what you want, right? You, you go into the doctor's office and you say, you know, how long am I going to be out for? And is it, you know, is it going to get worse if I play now? And all these, those are the questions you want to know. So sure. uh, hope, hopefully for him and for fans and the team that, that they can get a little bit of clarity there. Okay. So I, I want to actually play what, what Nick said, because I asked him about kind of his future at Exit Day. I want to play what he said. And then our, my colleague, Matt Patterson, Washington Times asked Brian McClellan, are you worried if this is kind of career ending? So I'm going to, I want to play these back to back of Nick's answer to that and, and Brian McClellan's answer to that. The best thing I want to do is play hockey, and that's that's my life. So uh, obviously, I want to be back. I want to be I want to be back to normal, you know, not worrying about this. So uh, we'll see what's going to happen, but um, nothing is finalized yet. I think he's going to explore all options here. Uh, I think it just he wants it to be better. Um, he wants to be more physically comfortable when he plays. So 
he's going to explore it. What are your What are your thoughts on, on on kind of hearing that from from Nick and, and and Brian McClellan about kind of where this might be headed? Yeah, so explore all options, right? That's uh, that's it's interesting because I don't I'm curious what other options there there are. You know, is there is there another procedure that they've that that Nick's been kind of putting off? Um, to, yeah, that's the question, do? right? Yeah, something that maybe is a like almost like a guarantee, you know, one year kind of situation. Like do, maybe, maybe there is something that that could help and everything has just been like, I guess in a sense, a bit of a bandaid to, to try and get it to a place that's good enough. But like just listening, listening to, to Nick's voice, like that, that's frustrating frustration to me, right? Yeah. That's something that like nobody, we all know what he can do and he's a hundred percent. He's unbelievable. And and to to come to the rink and not be a hundred percent and have have to battle through that all the time, and then the amount of effort mentally and physically that it go that goes into just trying to get yourself to a place where you can perform even at a decent level, knowing what you can do when you're healthy, like that's just a crappy feeling, right? So I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that there's a solution to this, but it didn't it didn't seem all that positive <laughs> listening no, to them it, talk. It, it didn't, and and the thing that the, the Carl that first gave me the first indication was John Carlson came up and we asked him about Nick, and the first thing he said was, "Have you guys talked to Nick yet?" And to me, that was a, a sign to me of these guys know a little bit more than they know about kind of what might be ahead here, and I don't know if that means Nick not playing again, which which I don't know if that's even an option, or missing part of next season to to have that surgery. But this team needs Nick Backstrom to be Nick Backstrom to to be a playoff contender. Yeah, that I mean, that's, that's such a that's such a eerie statement. You know, have you talked to him? <laughs> a question, yeah, I guess. That's, like, that's, well, that, that, that's how that's the vibe I got, which was not good. Yeah, yeah, because that's um, that's like uh, you know, how much can I say, <laughs> right? Right. So, well, I, oh, m- m- more so to me, I don't want to deliver bad news. Yes, more so, yeah. more so, it's like it's not my news to share, and I appreciate that from from John, but also like it doesn't give you a good feeling of of kind of what guys know. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you know what. I, I would, it'd be, I'd, it's hard to believe that he would know already at that point, you know, what the, what the future holds. Um, but it's not good. It gave me the sense that it's not good. It seems long-term for sure. Yes. So I, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where it goes from there, but you know, I'm like everybody else. I want to see Nick out there. He's, he's, uh, you know, probably my, my top three favorite players in the league. So I, I want to, I want to see him play. I enjoy that. The team enjoys that the city does too. So for him, uh, that that's that's what I'd love to see. But you know, where where I'm at right now in my life, the what also goes through my head is you know quality of life. Absolutely. You know, so I'm sure that's something that he's taking into consideration to wanting to still be able to do the things that he loves, which is playing with his kids and golfing and and that kind of stuff, right? And he still has he's only 34, so uh, he's got quite a few years left to to think about. So that's uh, you know, I'm hoping that. That's that gets weighed into to to this decision as well, which I'm sure it is. I was gonna say you you know that really from experience that you can do those things now. You can play men's league, you can go golfing because maybe you didn't kind of push it, and maybe if you got hurt worse later, your quality of life wouldn't have been so good. Yeah, and and you know what the thing too is like you when you take a full year off and you don't train and stuff like that, things will start to get better. You know, like I right. I was at the point where it was every morning after skating and training you know, it it takes a good 30 minutes to start walking normal. Right. And, and then, then you feel okay. And then I noticed after the first three months of, of not doing anything that, 
that my back was starting to get better. You know, my, my groin and my, and my ab were, were my kind of issues and, and those started to feel better. And now I don't, I don't really have that, but I do notice when I start training consistently and skating more that my back starts to act up again, which, you know, a lot of people in this world, the back is a, is an issue, right? So it's constant maintenance, but, but things do start to, to get a little bit better, but like the amount of strain that is put on players' bodies, like a skating stride is not a normal position to be in. And so you continue to do that over and over again, you have, you have issues. Right. And so I guess being able to, to, to cut it off before it becomes a permanent thing, then that that's good. But how do you know when that time is? Yeah, obviously we, we really want to see Nicholas Bastion be healthy on the ice. He's still got, I think, what, three years left on his contract. Like we want, we would love to love to see that. Uh, we don't know. Uh, we also don't know about Tom Wilson. We're going to hear from him after the break here about his knee injury, uh, the, the, the potential kind of future and kind of how he felt not playing in the first round against Florida. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In more ways than one, my summer sucks now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm the kind of guy that you know, you're to have the uncertainty was tough. Like I, I was trying to trying to get back and trying everything I could. And I mean, every person you walk by, every fan, every person is like, you know, when are you back? You know, we need you back. And that was tough. Like I, for me, I, I want to be out there. You know, yeah. so. It's uh, you feel a little bit like you like you let you let people down and, and that sucks. Um, but I mean, I just try and play as hard as I can and, and that stuff happens. So it sucks to not be able at this time of year. You're driving in, you see all the fans. Like you know, that's why I play. Like that, those are the those are the games. You know, you try and play for your city and take pride in that. And that sucks. That was Tom Wilson. Uh, this is. All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer. I'm AP Hot Carrier Steve Wino. You know that feeling, Carl, of, of playing through it, not being able to play, and you could tell from Tom Wilson that was bothering him not being able to get out there. Yeah, well, I mean, we, he, he knows he can make a difference in the series, right? So it's you're like, oh, if I was out there, I would have done this different, that right. different, and and that that's what you're always asking yourself. But the you know the reality is that you're you're not out there, and there's there's nothing else you can do, and. I think Max said it. He he wasn't going to be back for the playoffs, right? Like right. he wasn't. There, there. The timeline for his injury, I guess, is 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 a lot longer than than what the playoffs would have went to. You know, maybe final round or something like that. There there could be something, but um, you know, it's just hard to wrap your head around that. You know, I was, I was lucky that what I had, I I 
it was up uh, is well, I could play through some of the things that I had and, right. and, that, and so it was a bit of a different situation or at least my last year, but it, it still went through my head, you know, like, what can I do different? You know, my, my job, I guess, just to explain it, like my, my first in 2016, when Pittsburgh won their first cup, I had, a, I had a lower body injury that I couldn't, I couldn't skate through anymore. And the whole time I'm thinking, you know, this is my job. Like my whole job yeah. is to try and shut down this top line. Me and Carly, that's what we do. Or me and Niski, I think it was that year. And then not being able to do that. I'm like, damn, like this guy's getting away with way more than, than what, you know, I feel like I, that, that he should be. Cause I feel like I could do something about it. And, you know, like I said, reality is that, that you can't. So, right. so just, you got to, unfortunately, you just got to stop worrying about it. And then the next year, it's the same thing. Upper body injury. That was the hand. The hand, the hand, yeah, the hand the, second year, right? Yeah, exactly. And you can play through it. And I don't know if anybody watched the game, um, the Calgary Edmonton game yesterday, but there's a play like uh, Tanev, uh, the defenseman in Calgary. He's a shutdown yep. D-man. You know, his, his job has been to shut down McDavid all season long, pretty much. And uh, they end up bringing him back in. He's got a shoulder injury and it wasn't McDavid in front of the net. Um, I think it was Hyman, but you can clearly tell can he's tell. Tr- he's trying to push him with he doesn't arm. He doesn't have that other arm to to clear a guy out from the front of the net. And those are the things that it's just so frustrating that you uh, there's just nothing you can do about it. So then then it's do you do you battle through an injury um, to play just to play, or do you have somebody go out there that's 100 percent to play right? And that was that was the situation with us. Like like Nate Schmidt went out and played. And he played unbelievable. Right. And then, and then I come back in whenever it was at, you know, 60% um, because I really wanted to play and Trotty wanted me to play as well, but that's the, you know, is a hundred percent of one person better than 60% of another. And in the NHL, not usually. Right. But at the same time, you want to do everything possible. And so Tom is that guy. He wants to, wants to be there for the team. He knows how much the fans like when he's in the lineup too. And, you know, he wants to, he wants to, be there for the fans as well. Um, yeah, and it just and wasn't possible. I actually do think here's the thing, he could have made it worse. I think the the thing is that if he had played, he could have torn the, the 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 ligaments in that knee worse, and then you're missing all of next season. So as much as I think everybody says yes, it w- Tom Wilson should have played. It would have been nice if Tom Wilson played in the series. There was no real possibility of that. Yeah, exactly. And so then he's still he's still pretty young, and you know got got a lot of a lot of a lot of career left. That's you know the smart decision is to not play. Um, it's also the most frustrating decision. So you you make it, yeah, and, and you have to deal with it. It's hard to play hypotheticals, but Tom Wilson may have been the difference in that series because even though it ended in six games, this is a team that that won that led in in, in three of those game all three games that wound up losing, and then. You have a Tom Wilson in the lineup, everything makes more sense. But that's a, a, a life we're not going to know. The, th- the problem now is, if Tom Wilson's not in the lineup at the start of next season, how do you fill that void? Yeah, well, that you, it's, it doesn't sound like he's going like to be out. Yeah, and, 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 and he said, Mac, I, I doubt but... he'll miss time. But even missing training camp, right? Even, even missing training camp and trying to step in the first week, second week of October is difficult. Yeah, he, I mean, he's I young, think he can right. do it. He, yeah, he's, he's, he's enough of that. Yeah, he's he's young and he's enough of a you know a physical specimen that I think that his body will be able to bounce back and and he'll be in. But but going back to like having him in the lineup in the playoffs and obviously he he's a big bigger asset um, in the lineup than than not being in the lineup. But these playoff series, you just never know how they're going to go, right? Like you look at the like just look at the um, the New York Carolina series right now. You have. You have a guy like Reeves in there who's going after a guy like Domi, who is obviously not in the same level of uh, your boy you know, of fighting ability, stuff, but 
He's been in the middle of stuff, and it and it and that is right now seeming to give New York some momentum, at least in New York, right? That's the way it works. And then you look in you look in the Calgary one, and and uh, you have uh, Kachuk, who's been kind of getting in the mix with uh, with McDavid and and uh, whoever else, and it seems to be going in in Edmonton's favor. They have Zach right? it's, it's just weird how that dynamic. It was Zach Cassian too. Yeah. It's just weird how that dynamic works when you bring a guy in to the lineup who, who can agitate a little bit. Um, it can do really good things for your team and it can also do really good things for the other team. So it's such a, such a weird balance. And luckily, you know, luckily for, for Tom and the caps that he can, he can just play hockey and doesn't have to play that agitate and physical role. Although he's really, really good at playing the physical role, but um, yeah, he's got two sides two sides to the to the coin but but it's just weird like how the series can flip depending on depending on how uh, okay when we come back let's we'll talk about kind of the playoffs going on right now what capitals fans should be watching for and and some of your favorite agitators who are, who are still left in the playoffs mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps, the off- first off-season edition with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alls around Maple Leaf writer Steve Wino. You mentioned it, Carl, with, with, we're, we're talking about playoffs around the league. The Florida Panthers, who, who beat the Capitals, out in four to, to Jeff Halpern and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, your favorite player, Patrick Hornquist, out of the playoffs uh, with Florida. But you, what happened? What happened? What happened to the Florida Panthers after after beating the Caps in six? Well, I, the the Florida Panthers of the playoffs are different than the Florida Panthers of the regular season. I think we found that out, right? Yeah, clear as day. They, it, it, the the game is just so different. You you don't score as much. You have to lock things down, and and they just didn't didn't do that. They were able to get past the Caps because they were super opportunistic in the mistakes that that the Caps made, which were few. Um, they they found a way to capitalize on them. So then you go up against the absolute legendary team in in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like you know, it's I think. For me, it was at the beginning of the playoffs, and I think it's this way still for a lot of people. But it's like, it's like I, I don't want Tampa to win. They've won enough. Let somebody else win. But I was like that for a second, and then I thought, you know what? If a team can win three times in a row, absolutely. that is amazing. That's absolutely crazy to think, especially knowing how hard it is to even get past the second round. Like it's to do this 10, 10 series in a row that they've won. That is crazy, and I'm. At this point, I'd say I'm probably cheering for Calgary because a little bit closer to hometown ties for me. But number two, I think it's probably Tampa at this point. They're just so fun to watch, and they're so deep. They just keep finding ways to bring new guys in that that can excel uh, up and down the lineup. It's it's just wild to see. So Tampa just just outclassed them. You know, just a different level of of playoff hockey than than Florida could get to. 
I want to come back to Jeff Halpern in a bit, but I think there's something to me about appreciating greatness that, like, and, and your former, a bunch of your former teammates and, and with the Canadians saw that with the Lightning in the final last year. We're seeing with McDavid a little bit in, in that series of just, there's something to be said of, people love the underdog and all that, but to appreciate how hard it is. The, the Lightning are in the Eastern Conference Final for the fourth time in five years. That's absurd. You yeah. mentioned the 10 playoff series in a row. Vasilevsky has a shutout in, I think, six of the last seven closeout games. It, there's just something about, I think you got to recognize, we're seeing one of the greatest teams of all time play right now with Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, we are. And that's like, dude, that's flipping that switch. You know, that is that is knowing how to play playoff hockey. And listening to John Cooper talk after, um, when he says that they, that, you know, the players know what the game plan is. And they know they're going to have to sacrifice. They know they're going to have broken bones and they're willing to do that. Right. Being able to have just about everybody on your team buy into that and, and get to that level is something that you just dream of, right? You want everybody to do that. And some guys it's natural for them to do that. And other guys, it's just no matter how hard they say to themselves that they're going to, when it comes down to it, they just can't do it. And these guys can, and, and whether that is from the coaching staff that, is able to to get them to that point or they love to win that much as a group and and they just find a way to do it because yeah it's they they are opportunistic the way that that the panthers are but with having unbelievably solid defensemen and probably the best goalie in the the league right now as well um it's it's just a perfect recipe and i love seeing helpy's face on the bench after they (laughs) after they won that game just almost giggling because it was I mean, it's it's pretty hard to believe that they've that they've done it again. Yeah, and that 2019 series against Columbus, I think that the Lightning beat themselves. The last team to beat the Lightning in an actual long series, the Capitals yeah. in 2018. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know. I I, I think that the Caps could have had a, a chance against. I, them. I think Just, they're the kind of team that can play with the Lightning. Shit. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So it would have been it would have been fun to see, but you know, I, that's we're not, we're not going to have that. So it's it, it. I think it's Tampa Bay's playoffs to lose right now in my opinion they're just yeah. there's just no weak spots in that team they don't even have point and no great right point now. right yeah <laughs> it's just and he's not a guy that comes in and 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 messes anything up this is a guy that that will absolutely elevate them right so it's it's pretty uh it's pretty wild to see. It's it was a fun series to watch, but I'm sad it's over. Yeah, forget. I'm sure there are Capitals fans out there who don't want to watch playoff hockey right now, but it's really fun. And and, and even I was out with <clears throat> some Capitals fans last weekend. And they're like, it's actually kind of cathartic to watch games without any rooting interest. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche give a little bit of that, and Andre Burakovsky, who was a healthy scratch the other night, but but looking for his second ring with the Avalanche. And then, and then you got Jeff Halpern with the Lightning. I, I think that's the, in addition, I guess, rooting against the Rangers for Capitals fans, kind of where they got to go here. Yeah, exactly. It's it's pick your team, you know, pick pick a team and ride with them, and, and yeah, have if, some fun. If they, yeah, if they lose, pick another team. Like it, <laughs> who cares at this point? That's that's the way I was after after the uh, the Caps were out. I wanted to cheer for the Leafs because you sure. know I, I grew up a Leafs fan. I thought it would be fun for the league to see the Leafs do good. They're out, so I'm on to the next team, which is which is the flames. Um, and you know, if the flames don't end up doing it, which doesn't look so good right now, cause that series is, not look good. If you have, yeah. If you haven't been watching anything, like watch this, this flames, it's, nuts. it's been absolutely crazy. It's like, like you go to bed and, and the score is three, nothing one team, you 100% could wake up and it could be, it could be nine, six, the other team, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, that, that's, that's happened in this series through four games. <laughs> exactly. That's happened. Yeah. So it's, it's just an amazing series to watch. McDavid is doing, is doing you know godlike things out there in terms of hockey. It's he's, just he's absurd. 
It, it is like he watching him. He, he made this one play for anyone who wasn't watching where he came into the flame zone, cut across the middle. Everyone's thinking he's going to get just run over that. That's those are the train tracks right there. And he just hits the brakes, does a little spinorama, backs out. The player that goes to hit him, I don't I don't remember who it was, Backlund maybe, is just, you know, the guy all of a sudden has disappeared <laughs> and he still has the puck. It's like he does everything with speed bursts. So you're playing video yes. games and you're holding down speed bursts <laughs> and all of a sudden it stops and you're like, oh, damn, I wish I had speed bursts. He just holds it down and keeps going the entire time. And it's it, there's nobody in the league that's like that. It's it, it, And no, we're comparing, you know, always saying who's the best player in the league. And I think you you forgive him for any defensive woes that he has. I'm not sure he has a whole lot of them anymore. He's he's gotten to be a solid 200 foot player. He's definitely getting better, absolutely. It's but he's just so much fun to watch. It's like every time he's got the puck, it's I'm just like he's gonna score. He's gonna do. He's gonna create something. It is so much fun to watch. And that city is on fire. And I wish I would have won the the 7.4 million dollar 50 50 yesterday because <laughs> that would have been unbelievable that's the way you do 50 50 right there the way they do it in alberta oh it's it, is, i i love the 50 50 in alberta and it's tax free it's tax free i know when we were just there i bought a couple tickets just just in case you know i think it'd be it'd be pretty sweet but uh but yeah it, that that is a hell of a series to watch and i and i'm hoping that there's more than than just one game left because uh that that's good hockey it's really good hockey. I do want to give Capitals fans a, a glimpse of the future. And this is something we've talked about among our, our writers. And I don't know if Jeff Hoppen really is interested in this. I don't know if he ever wants to leave John Cooper's staff because why would you leave that job? But there might be a time, I don't know if it's next year, if it's two years or three years from now, where Jeff Hopper could be the head coach of the Washington Capitals. And, and I just, I wonder what you think about that possibility, just given his connection to the area. He played here. He's obviously worked under John Cooper for a while. And his name's going to get thrown out there as, as a head coaching candidate very soon. Yeah, I think you're right. I, uh, if if I was him, I would ride this wave until it. Oh, I think I, I would too. Yes. You know, like keep keep stacking them until in, until it's officially over, and then and then your resume will still be good enough that people are going to look at you, right? Um, but it's a good point, and I think he would probably really like really like to come back here uh, because of his ties to the area, um, and I think he could do it. Like he's always been an extremely smart hockey guy. You know, he's. Yes. He thinks through things. He's pretty methodical. People like him too. He's learning from a great coach as well, so he's going to be picking up that much more. I, I think he would be. I think he would be pretty damn amazing as a head coach. I would love to play for for a guy like Halpy. Um, so I, I hope that at some point that will happen. I love seeing you know like Lane the other day just getting the the head coaching job. I was and, just going to bring up Lane. Yes. Yeah, like that's awesome. These are good people in hockey, and it's in a, it's very exciting for them and. Um, I texted with him a little bit and he seemed really excited about it too. So that's, you're, you're happy for people like that. And that's, uh, that's the way I would be for, for Halpy as well. But yeah, I, I still, I just love seeing him. Like I said, you <laughs> very rarely get a lot of emotion from coaches behind the bench. And when you do get some, especially the, the giggling Jeff Halpern is, uh, is so great. Cause it's, it, you get opposite emotions from a guy like, uh, like Sutter and Calgary, and it's either way, you either get giggles that are funny or you get straight face, no celebration like Sutter, and it's funny. So it's always fun to have a, a good coach like that. Yeah, I'm mean, also enjoying the giggling Jeff Halpern, but Lane Lambert, it, it does seem like Barry Trotz is going to, he's going to find, he's going to land on his feet maybe in, in Winnipeg somewhere like that. But what, what, what was Lane like as a coach? Because someone asked me about this, and it's not like Lane and I were tight when, when he was here because we, we overlap by, I guess, only two or two and a half years or so. What was Lane like to, to work with as, as an assistant? And who do you, how do you think he's going to be as a head coach? 
he was awesome. The best way that I can describe him, if if people remember the way Dean Evison was in yeah. the twenty four seven, you saw everyone remembers his famous uh, his speech behind closed doors, but they still had the mics going. Um, he's fiery like that. You know, he gets he gets emotional, um, but not not in like a pouty emotional way. You know, it's like a a fired up like let's get going. You know, rah rah type emotional, and that. That is really good. I think I think that helps the players out a lot. I think you uh, you see the sacrifice that he makes with his um, coaching and how much time and effort he puts in, and, uh, and and when you have somebody like that, I think it you feed off of that quite a bit. But what I also really love about Lane, and I don't know if it would be different as a head coach, but as an assistant, he wasn't afraid to ask the players their opinions. You know, okay. like like we he would always he would run the pk and and we would get in there early usually me and carly we we would always try and be in there a couple other guys and uh he'd be running through video and he'd ask us you know our opinions on on this like what do you think and you could tell like he actually cared he considered what we were going to do instead of what his plan was he would be willing to completely change his plan if if the players thought that something different was going to work and so i really love that about about lane he also gives you a lot of like these are like some cut and dry rules. You do not go against this. And that's great because it's, you don't want to have, uh, we don't, don't go against this unless this and this and this happens. And then in that case, do what you want. You want it to be as cut and dry as possible. <laughs> so my Mandy's leaving right now and she's waving at me. <laughs> um, so that, that's what I really like about Lane. And I think that um, I, I really, really hope he does a really good job there because I think he, I think he has the ability to. Absolutely. Uh, one one more capital thing before, before we go. Uh, Peter Laviolette, one year left on his contract. Ryan McClellan said essentially that that he there was no he's going to kind of leave it inside, leave it internally on, on a contract negotiation talks. Are you okay with Peter Laviolette going to final year of the deal with with only one year left? Yeah, I think so. I I I totally agree with Mac that he he said that the game plan was good. Um, what what the coaching staff did because um, it was good. It it was it was an execution issue it seemed like so i i think yeah you, you give him another chance and then you listen to all the exit meetings from the players right you see what what their thoughts are because they'll give you you know they'll give you their honest opinion on 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 how he is in the room if the room still listens to him um and all that kind of stuff they'll they'll give the the gm some details there and 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 they'll they'll make their decision after that because that's a obviously it goes to to management on those decisions but you need to know if the team, if the players are listening, because if they're not listening, then it doesn't matter how good of a coach you are. You know, Barry Trotz, great example. Um, then, then you go, you go a different direction. So that's uh, that's the way it will have to be done, and you got to give him give him a little bit more time, I guess. All right, one more year, Lisa Peter Laviolette. Thanks everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you next week on All Caps. <laughs>